say the black of the bed, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Monday. I don't know the date. Um, I think it's June. Let's check. June 22nd. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast, episode 12 in your ear. I literally just got home about an hour ago from the airport. So you're welcome. (laughs) I smell like airport, which is a combination of TSA swabs, Fozzie Bears, fart clouds, and fast food and babies. A lot of diapers. Seems to be a lot of baby diapers in the airport. Um, Happy belated Father's Day to all of those fathers that stuck around. And the ones that didn't, happy Mother's Day, you fucking losers. Oh, it was hard. I just, I wasn't ready to be a dad. Then wrap your dick up. Okay? Wrap your dick up. Let's just really call call it like it is. So happy belated Father's Day to all those dudes that are good dads. You're very important to your young daughters and sons. So don't fuck it up. Um, I My dad called me, actually to let me know that it was Father's Day and that he needed money. So happy Father's Day to me, okay? Uh, that's what happens. And I'm supporting everybody. Hey, it's a goal of mine. I want to be able to support them. I just love when my dad's like, send me money, babe. Babe, it's Father's Day. Send your old man money. I'm a little short this month. He's short every month because he spends all his money on Barkino at the Change of Pace in Syracuse, New York. That man must put three, $400 into that bar Every week. If, if my dad leaves that bar, they're going to shut down. <laughs> I was just in... Where the hell was I? I was in Toledo, Ohio. Holy Toledo, Ohio. All weekend at the Funny Bone. I had a great weekend. The staff was amazing. Thank you to Ricky and Nadia at the Funny Bone for making me feel like I was at home. They had a really good Creole restaurant. You know, I got down on some of that Creole food. I don't know what Creole's doing in Toledo, Ohio, but whatever. I was digging it. A lot of fun. Thank you for everybody who came out. Fun times. Lots of fun times. I even worked out during the day. You know, because usually like comedians, we get up and we're just depressed in our hotel rooms most of the time. Because you're in these weird fucking cities. You don't know anybody, especially as a chick. I'm not hanging out with people. You know, that's why I bring Fozzie with me because it's like, I'm alone all the time. What the hell am I going to do? Am I going to go sit at the bar and make friends with Bruce, the data entry manager from Wichita, who's hanging out at the Holiday Inn bar? That would make me want to slit my wrist more than being up in my hotel room watching reruns of Felicity with Fozzie Bear. So I, I decided to work out, you know, because Leo Flowers has given me this workout routine that's fucking ridiculous. Fuck you, Leo. I thought you were my friend. You're trying to kill me. I already feel stronger. My posture's better. I look at people like I'm ready to start some shit because I just want to start some shit so I can throw a punch and just see how much damage I do. Um, it's it's So it's going really good. I got up and I was motivated and I'm working on my 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 booty. I'm trying to get that booty. I'm all about that booty life. Um, especially, you know, because we're, we're on the bleaching trail. I want to, ble- the butthole bleach is happening and I'm building the booty. My booty is just going to be record winning. That's my goal. Just to be just the butthole bleached and the booty big. Big and bleached. That's it. That's my presidential campaign. <laughs> Shout out to the flight attendant on the American Airlines flight. 
um, that gave me free vodka, you're, you are the reason that life is worth living. And I really appreciate you. I, I forgot your name, uh, but you gave me free vodka today and I'm still feeling it now. So you're welcome. Everybody, you're welcome. Um, I had Fozzie Bear with me, which is nice because he wasn't with me the past two weekends. I don't know if you guys have been following me on the social media, but my my assistant, Liz, Liz Perez, has a puppy, a dog. Well, not a puppy because Winnie, her dog Winnie, is like just as old as Fozzie. Fozzie's almost 10 years old. And Liz and her girlfriend, Chelsea, have Winnie. And, and Liz stayed with Fozzie Bear the past two weekends that I was gone because he wasn't doing so well health-wise. He had an adjustment in his $37,000 medication plan. Um, yeah, so that his Viagra had to get fucking adjusted. I'm not kidding you. They had to adjust the the dosage of his fucking Viagra. And every time I give this dog the Viagra, he licks his dick for three hours. I know it sounds like a cliche hacky joke, but it's not. He'll sit there and lick his dick and lick his dick and lick his dick and lick his dick and lick his dick. That's all he does. He licks it like... Like he is starving and there's no food in the house and his dick is a sandwich. He's not chewing it, but he's licking it. So maybe it was like an ice cream cone instead of a sandwich because you bite sandwiches. You don't lick them unless you're really fucking starving or your dog that's on a hyper dose of fucking Viagra. So because of all that, Liz stayed here with her dog, Winnie. And Liz just kept sending me videos of Fozzie Bear and Winnie fucking all weekend. Fozzie Bear just kept. Look, I'm looking at him right now. I said I said that and he turned around and he looked at me because he knows that he's a little slut. You just were boning all weekend. Mom was gone and you were boning Winnie. She's a little whore. It's the last time I let that floozy in my house taking advantage of my son. She's lucky she doesn't have any balls. He would be a shitty father. He would just lay a couple eggs right in her, lay a couple seeds right up in Winnie and he just would leave. He'd be a deadbeat dad, wouldn't you, Faz? I know you. You're an asshole. You would, you would just dine and dash, you little sh- you little asshole. So I think he was mad that he was with me because we didn't, you know, he didn't get any sex while he was on the road with me. But he certainly got a lot of tail. I posted videos of him, him and Winnie having sex. Or maybe it was just a f- photograph on Twitter. I should post the video. There are videos of it. Liz said she would turn the corner and just see them humping on the floor like a couple of teenagers. But I had him with me. You know what really drives me nuts? Fozzie is like five pounds. I call him my five-pound Mexican asshole. And I travel with him, you know, when I can, besides the past couple weeks, and he hasn't been able to come. But he came with me to Toledo, Ohio. And, you know, when we walk through the airport, he's got a little bag. He chills in his bag. He's used to the flying because we've done it for almost nine years now. And, you know, he's not, even though he's cute, here's my thing. Like, if you're somebody else looking at somebody else's dog, don't touch my dog. Don't fucking touch my dog. Because if he were to bite you or do something, I would be in trouble. So as a person going up to somebody else who has a dog, ask first. Because even though they're cute, they might take your fucking finger off. He's a little dick. And I don't want to be responsible for you not being smart enough to ask me if you can pet my damn dog. Everyone's always going towards Fozzie to pet him. He's an asshole. And then they're scared of my boxer pit Carlin because he's so big. He's the mush. He's the sweetest dog. Fozzie, not so much. And so I'm sitting down at the, at the bar, this bar today, this morning. It was like 10 a.m. Whatever. Fuck you guys. You know, what am I going to do? I had a layover. So sue me if I had a Bloody Mary or seven and a cheese plate. I'm a grown-ass woman. 
and I have Fozzie sitting next to me in his bag. And this bitch kept peering her face into his bag. Like, ooh, Lulu, baby. I don't talk to my dogs like that. Okay, I do when I'm alone and, and like really lonely, but on the regular, I don't do baby talk with my with my dogs because they're boys and they're fucking, you know, I, I just don't talk to them like that. And I also think it's rude for someone to just be up in my dog's bag like, and he was growling. She was stressing him out. I was like, how would you like it if you were like sleeping in your bed and I put my face right in your face like, hey there, how are you doing, Christine? Oh, Christine, how are you? I don't know if her name was Christine, but... She was like, oh, he's so cute. I'm like, come on, bitch. Let me just enjoy my cheese plate right now. Leave my dog alone. We're on a layover. We've been traveling all day. Let us get drunk right now. Leave us alone. Damn, nosy. So that just really bothers me. So if you're a person who does that, stop. One time I had him in in his bag and I was waiting for my baggage to come out. And this lady had her two kids that were little bastards. No discipline whatsoever these little fucking assholes and one kid came up to my bag to Fozzie's bag and put his finger and touched the bag and scared the shit out of Fozzie and Fozzie growled and barked at him and the kid laughed and he left he came back and did it again and I told the lady I was like you need to control your kid get your kid right now get your kid under control right now because my five pound dog will attack I must have looked like a crazy person, but come on now. Have some etiquette, you slobs. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be, I guess I have to tell you where I'm going to be next. If you guys want to come see me on my Jess America tour, I'm all over the place. I haven't stopped. I'm delirious right now, so I apologize if I sound cranky. I'm a cranky bitch right now. I, I, I traveled for about 10 hours and I wanted to make sure that I get this podcast out for you guys and for me. I love doing this. It's actually nice. I just picked my nose. Um, I'm going to be in the funny bo- at the Funny Bone in Richmond, Virginia this Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm only So I land today. I got back to L.A. today just a couple hours ago. I'm home for two days and then I'm back out to the Funny Bone in Richmond, Virginia, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can get tickets off of my website, jessiemay.com, or you can just Google Funny Bone, Richmond, Virginia, and find tickets that way. Come on out. I do meet and greets after. It's a lot of fun. I love doing this shit. I love keeping it real. I love entertaining you guys, especially with all the craziness that's going on in the world. I just love, 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 love doing it. Um, Yo, I just... I'm going to talk about this after we get into the interview, but John Stamos getting in a DWI is just like a cry for help for my love. I feel, <laughs> I really feel like it's just a cry for help for me. Um, we'll talk about that after though, because that I want to, I'll get into a whole thing with that. And I really had a great interview this week. Such a, such a great interview. One of my favorite people. And I normally like, Uh, You know, I like to talk with you guys a little bit more, but I really want to get into this interview um, and chat about some shit afterwards. So this interview took place when I was visiting New York City. Um, Chris Mazzilli, who owns Gotham Comedy Club, which is a great comedy club in New York City. I've been friends with him for a long time. He's just a great dude. He's been very supportive. Um, He's a comedy club owner and and a manager and just all around really dope, classy dude. He let me do some podcasts in his comedy club. So I interviewed Charlemagne the God in um, the Vintage Lounge of the Gotham Comedy Club. 
and we got into some really good stuff, man. I, I met Charlemagne when I signed on for Girl Code because he was a part of the Guy Code cast, and then he also did Girl Code, and him and I just really vibed well. We tried to do some stuff together. I really wanted to work with him. Him and I actually talked about doing a podcast together. Um, he has a really great one with Andrew Schultz called Brilliant Idiots, so check them out. Um, him, Charlemagne and I talked about doing a podcast together, but I ended up, you know, I, I left um, Girl Code and then I left New York and I came to LA, so it didn't work out, but everything's going really good for him. He's amazing dude. He's so full of wisdom and he's just one of the coolest cats that I know. And I enjoyed talking to him. I love talking about real shit. So we got into some real shit. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with my boy Charlemagne the God. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. But keep your head That's it. You gotta hold it like this, Charla. You're a pro though, aren't you? Like this. I'm ready when you are, boo. We're ready. We're just we're just here shooting the shit. Let's do it. What have you been up to? I miss your face. I miss your face, Jesse May Peluso. Uh, you know how to say my name properly. Of course. <laughs> Jesse May Peluso. I don't like when people just be like Jesse or Jess. I'll be like, who is that? You gotta say the whole thing. Jesse May Peluso. Right. You gotta say the whole damn name. Absolutely. I call you Charla. Char- but I like that though. I like when girls call me Charla. So it's not an original thing, like every all your girls call you Charla? Yeah, Charlotte, and then you got some people who try to be fancy and be like, "Yo, what's up, Maine?" Like, don't, don't, I'm not a state. Like, yeah, don't, don't don't (laughs) do that. That's funny. Yeah, I don't like that. That's really cute. What does that name come from? Charlemagne was a Roman emperor who was a great warrior who had a high respect for religion and education. And like when I used to sell crack in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, (laughs) like Monk's Corner is real small. So it's like the fiends that used to pull up on the block knew exactly what I look like. So if I would say I'm Larry, which is my middle name, that's my father's first name. They'd be like, oh, you Larry's son. And then I thought they would tell my mom. So I would like keep a hoodie on me and I would always say my name was Charles or Charlie. And Charlemagne is uh, French for Charles the Great. So wow. it's just like one day I was reading a history book in night school and I was like, Charlemagne, Charles the Great. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you were, that was your name when you were I'm selling like, crap? Yep. Start calling myself Charlemagne. When this was you, years ago. When were you selling crap? You, you made a 180. Three, no, 360. 360. Well, 360 brings you back to, the, to your- Oh, you're right. So yeah, you 180. On, yeah. yeah. I sold crack um, like, like late 90s, early 2000s. Where was Mo- that? No, mostly late 90s though, in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. I, wow. first, I got introduced to the drug game in like 97. I was never no big time drug dealer. Like the most dope I ever sold was like a half ounce. I don't is, even know what that means. Half ounce is like 14 grams. <laughs> so you know you're supposed, you're supposed to make like $100 off every gram. So it's like if you spend if you spend 5 or 550 for a half ounce, you should make like 1200 back. If it, you cut it up in 20s. So was it like a side job or is that your main gig? Were you, were nah, you hustling was, at it or were yeah, you just that, like... That's, that's what I was doing at the time. Damn. I was in the street. How old were you when you started? Um, 97, probably like 17, 16 going on 17. Damn. Yeah, so I did that up until like 19 because I just got tired of getting in trouble. I, was, I wasn't any good at it. I mean, first of all, there's no such thing as a good drug dealer. All drug dealers <laughs> eventually end up getting fucked up. They, they eventually end up going to jail or getting killed. Contrary to people's popular belief, yeah. there is no new way or right way to sell dope. You're going to get caught. You're going to get in trouble. So I just got tired of getting caught up and going to jail. But my, actually, the first time I ever went to jail wasn't for dope. It was for uh, assaulting Braddy with intent to kill. What? Yeah. Charla? I, I was that's, the, I, that's so shocking. I, I don't even believe it. Wrong place, wrong time. Yes. Me and my boys was together. That's what I'm saying. A shooting occurred. All of us ended up getting locked up. I'm how, not saying nothing. I'm how not, long did you go to jail for? I was in jail that time for like 10 months. 
Oh my god! Yeah, but that's only because my father was trying to teach me a lesson because I was getting in so much trouble in school, and he was telling me you gonna end up in jail, you gonna end up dead, or you gonna end up broke sitting under the tree. So he was just basically trying to teach me a lesson because he could have been bailed me out, but he let me sit there for a while. And did it teach you a lesson? No, because that's when I started selling dope. Why do you think you? What do you think made you so? rough and bad as a kid like do you think there was like a moment is your upbringing was there something that happened it it definitely wasn't my upbringing because my mother's an english teacher you know what i'm saying so she used to always keep books in my face and i used to always read a lot my father was you know discreet guy you know what i mean who was using and selling you know at, at, at certain points in his life but neither one of them influenced me to do that my father used to be on my ass about doing the exact opposite and when i found out that he was you know actually involved with selling i'm like bruh you ain't gonna tell me shit you know what i'm saying he was like don't do as i do do as i say motherfucker so he was on that type of stuff so it wasn't that but it was more so just my environment the people i was around right in my town in monk's corner that's what they were in and i was around them all the time so i'm not just gonna sit around yeah like what are you gonna do like if that's all you have to hang out with it's just sort of what happens yes it's like osmosis yeah exactly and it's like i'm not just going what i'm gonna do sit around and just drink and smoke if y'all selling dope and making some money i want to make some money too (laughs) And you if this is the only way to do it, yeah. what am I supposed to do? That's it. There's just certain things that come with the territory. If you had, they had guns, I'm going to have me a gun. They selling dope, I'm going to sell dope. Right. They were smoking weed, I was gonna, I'm going to smoke weed. Like See, I almost got introduced to sniffing coke because of one of my cousins. Like One of my first cousins, he was somebody that I admired growing up. And I remember us being in the backseat of a car, and I used to always see him sniff coke. I'm like, yo, man, I want to try that shit. And he was like, damn, I don't got nothing on me right now. Come see me tomorrow. And I'm like, bet. I never went to go see him. If I went to go see him, I probably would have been fucked up. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be Charlemagne the God. You'd be Charlemagne the Dead. I'd have been Charlemagne the God who had a nice coke habit to tell you about as well. Possibly. You'd be Charlemagne behind bars. Possibly. I went to jail a few times. I was just going to say, how many? So the first time was for... Assault and Brady with intent to kill. The second time time was for uh, distribution of cocaine as well as distribution of marijuana. I mean, I've had... um, I've had every charge, man. I've, I've been arrested for criminal sexual conduct. Can I get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> the I'll cra- take two of those. The crazy fries. part is that was one of those times where I really didn't do it. Like, that was one of those times. Because I, I already had started doing radio by then. Like, my life was, the 180 was starting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I already had got an internship at the radio station. And now I was a part-time radio personality. So but- your life, you, there was a, bl- a bleed over between your old life, let's call it, and you getting into radio, was there a time when you still were doing oh, shit absolutely. on the streets and getting into radio? Oh, absolutely. Wow. I, I wasn't I wasn't selling dope anymore, but I was still in the hood. I was still playing in the hood. I was still around the same people I had been around, and I literally would get drunk, get high, and go on the radio and talk shit. That's like, wild. Like, literally. And it was just a one situation where um my cousin, my cousin, shout out to Kente. He's a police officer down hey, there. Hey, Kente. He, I was having a party for him because he graduated and he had got a scholarship to Penn State. And like That's a couple great. of my, yeah, and a couple of my other my cousins that graduated. So I threw this big party and it was some some people over and it was a young lady there and the young lady uh, said she got sexually assaulted and you know she said I did it. She said whoever was in the room with her was saying, "Yo, this is Charlemagne. Relax, relax, relax." That is so. I mean, but, how did, how does she not know who's in the room? Oh, she was drunk out of her mind. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She was, she she was, was she, all messed she, up. Oh, she was drunk and high. See, that's a, that's a sticky mind. situation for, for both people. And so, so, but when the next day, they told me that Kente was in jail for it. So I'm like, hell no. So I went down to the police station, my dumb ass, because some of my cousins was trying to be funny. Nobody was arrested. Right. My dumb ass goes down to the police station, blabbing my mouth. Oh, no, it was my party. You know, I, I take full responsibility for anything that happened. And the police officer was like, well, you know, somebody got... 
somebody's uh, saying they got raped there. And I'm like, whoa. You're like, everything I just said. Yeah. <laughs> like a lawyer. Like, I don't know nothing about that. And then she was like, well, we don't have anybody in custody. I'm like, these motherfuckers. You know what that I'm saying? That is messed up. So like two weeks later, I, they came and arrested me for criminal sexual conduct. And, and how they, long did you, did you get in the can for that? I was only in jail for like literally a few hours for that. And they, But the, the, the problem with those type of situations is you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. Right. So it's like they got to take DNA tests and hair samples and blood. All of that stuff just to be like, well, nah, this shit don't match. And then they drop my charges to like contributing to the delinquency of a minor because it was my party. And the people there were like 17, 18. Oh, damn. You know, and I was like, yo, it was alcohol. Motherfuckers was getting fucked up. So, I mean, I had to take that. That's insane. Like, how do you feel? You must have some sort of emotional connection or some sort of connection to everything that's going on with police and there being shootings and everything that's happening. Like, have you had any sort of feelings about that? Yeah. Especially being on both both sides of that situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I see, I'm a, I'm a very objective person. So, you know, I see it both ways. You know, the first few times you start hearing about police shootings, my first re- reaction is, okay, well, what did the victim do? You know what I'm saying? That's like, your first what, That's my first reaction. It's like, what, what happened? Like, I want to know what happened. Right. Like, what caused this to happen? Because, Police just don't pull out guns and kill you until you start seeing videos of police just pulling out guns and right. killing people. And what now you're like, yeah. So now you're like, whoa, y'all motherfuckers is wilding. Like y'all are the people that are here to protect and serve us. But it's like, yo, y'all not even giving us our due process, which to me, it's just a violation of constitutional rights. Like I don't even like to just make it a, a, a race issue because if you just make it a race issue, then it makes, you know, people in America who probably can evoke change. It makes them feel like, well, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't bother us. No, motherfucker. Yeah. Like Martin Luther King Jr. said, an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So when you see constitutional rights being violated, you all need to get involved as well, meaning white people, because this can and will happen to you. Because yeah. I, I saw some statistics the other day. They're not just out here killing black unarmed guys. No, they're, not. they're killing no, they're white not. unarmed guys, too. So I think all of us should be in a, a outrage you know, based on what the police are doing to us. Absolutely. It's it's like people want to point it towards a, a racial issue because it's almost like then they don't have to deal with it. Yes. The people who aren't involved are like, it's them. It's, yeah, it's, it's not affecting us. People. Exactly. It's that. It, and it's not that. You're right. It's a bigger issue. Like, there's, there's more at play here than just besides white and black. I will say, though, I saw a meme that was dope. And the meme, um, it, talk, it was the KKK. And it said, this is why they cover their faces the reason they cover their faces because they're your police officers and they're your judges and they're your lawyers and your doctors and attorneys and you're like wow that's powerful that's powerful that's a powerful meme yeah that makes you stick to the 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 kermit the frog ones yeah (laughs) i mean i I just think it's i just think it's a problem like with blue privilege you know police officers get off yep when they do a lot of bullshit yep and it's, it's a power and and when you have the good police officers and that you know that that rhetoric alone sounds so cliche we know that it's good police officers we know it's bad police officers but when you have the quote-unquote good ones who aren't standing up to say nah what my brothers in the shield are doing is wrong wrong. that's all we want you can't it can't just be under the shield it has to surpass that you gotta yeah just stand up and say what what's going on out here is wrong to make us feel like it's not everybody yes it's not all of you that feel this way yes you know that's uh, it's just insane i feel like I feel like we're back in the 60s almost. We're back before everybody started to realize that we needed to make a change in order to live harmoniously together. I feel like we're, we're, we're it's almost like we're going backwards. Well, yeah, I mean, the There's thing, a lot of social unrest. The thing with equality is it's never, 
it's never going to be true equality because yeah. it's always going to be prejudiced people. And and that goes across the board, not even just with race. That goes with gender. That goes with sexuality. It's going to be some people who feel like women don't deserve to be in certain positions they are. I'll it's fuck them up. I will, <laughs> I will be in any position on my hands and knees from behind. I'll have a leg up in the air. I am a grown-ass woman. <laughs> That's real, though. But listen, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, yo, when it comes to equality, listen, it's some things that men aren't capable of doing that women are right and there's some things women uh are, are aren't capable of doing that men are yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that like biologically i don't want to see no girl playing football you look stupid you look dumb out there yeah and it's like unless you're doing the fantasy football what are we yeah, doing yeah our lingerie football lingerie cool football. and guess what guys guys would look stupid playing lingerie right, football exactly. and girls look stupid in the nfl Stay in your lane that's it and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that Equality, it's, like we don't need equality all across all the board across for the board. everything. When, when it comes, to, it's it's more when it comes to basic rights. Basic rights. That's what I'm like. I'm looking forward to that day when I can be like, uh, I remember a time when you know gay guys weren't respected and were you know verbally accosted in public, yeah. or you know when when people were afraid of walking in the street at night with a black person behind them. I'm, yeah. I want to like reach a time in my life where I can be like, I remember those days. I wonder even if you do things that make it legally wrong to feel that way. <laughs> like, cause that's what it really is. It's yeah. like, yo, you can't, don't say anything about gay guys. You'll yeah. be labeled homophobic. Your right. career will be ruined. That's uh, progressive. Don't be openly racist because you know, that's not acceptable. You're going to get you, shot. Yeah. You'll get shot. You're like, get so, shot. but even like, wouldn't you just rather it be open instead of just putting things legally in place? Cause not everybody's hiding. I'd rather you know your races. I'd rather know your races. Yeah. I'd rather know your... I want to you know, know what I'm dealing with. I want to know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. I want to know you're homophobic. I don't like, want to waste my breath on you. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, you should have to... You should, when you meet somebody, you should have to be like, hey, my name is Carl. I'm a racist, homophobic asshole. Yes. And I'm like, Carl, deuces. We that's can't it. Talk. That's talk. That's, and that's all it boils down to. Just be open with it. Yeah. So I know what I'm dealing with, and I can choose whether to fuck with you or not fuck with you. Yep. I'd rather that than motherfuckers coming in disguise. Yes. The ones in disguise are the worst. They're like, the worst. That, that goes back to the meme I'm talking about with the fucking hoods on and the and KKK. I don't like that's that. Real, that's really intelligent. That, that's exactly what it is. There's so many people who hide under the hood. Yes. That that are just have this preface of who they are. It's a facade. And it's like, imagine, you know, you are uh, myself. Um, we're dealing with someone. We don't realize, hey, this guy has a problem with women. That's why he's making it so hard for me. Mm -hmm. So you start questioning yourself. Like, is it me? Or yep. uh, I didn't know this guy was a racist, so he's got a problem with black people. So you start questioning yourself. Well, damn, is it, uh, is, I, I thought, uh, is it me? Yeah. Is this the reason I'm not getting this opportunity? I'd rather you know. No, he's a sexist pig. He's a racist motherfucker. Then I'd be like, oh, cool. Well, fuck you. It's you, not me. Yep, they should have T-shirts. You, yes. ha you, you should have to wear a T-shirt yes. with all of your horrible attributes. Yes, or a tattoo. <laughs> or a tattoo on your forehead. That's it. A it's tattoo not on Drake, your fucking it's forehead. Racist across your forehead. That's why I be. That's why I be telling people like I'm too dumb to be closed-minded. No, but I, I I appreciate that sentiment. But you are you're very intelligent. No, I'm. I'm you're I'm, intelligent. You're intelligent not only because of education. I feel but you're intelligent because of your experiences. I feel like you've experienced a lifetime of situations that can only provide the certain intelligence to a person who's lived through that. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? I, I think Wisdom. I'm. I think I'm smart enough to know I don't know shit. I think yeah. I'm smart enough to know that every day I'm learning something new. I think I'm smart enough to know that, you know, I, I, I treat people the way that I want to be treated. I'm open to everybody's experience. Like anybody that walks in this room, if they got a story, I'm going to respect them enough to listen to that yeah. story. I think a lot of times we have so much prejudice within us and we prejudge people. And we're like, oh, I don't want to hear what the fuck they're talking about. Well, that's why. 
It is whack. That's closed minded. And, and you're me, not gonna learn anything. You're not gonna learn nothing. That's why I say I'm too I'm too dumb to be closed minded. You have to have a certain amount of intellect and you have to feel like you know it all. You're the smartest man in the world to be closed minded. Seriously, and then it's like it's almost a projection of your insecurity when you're closed minded. Yes. Because you're afraid of I don't know what you might learn or you're afraid of being vulnerable, or you're afraid of new things. Yes. That's why I always loved about you. That's why I, like I feel like I connected with you because I, you know, I'm a crazy, goofy comedian or whatever. And you're just, you're, the way you are with people, it's very, like, they, they could just be comfortable around you. Or, you're like, whatever. You know, you're just, you're, you're like, bring you, and that's cool. Because I, first of all, I like, I like new energy. I like experiencing things I never felt before. I love meeting new people. Yeah. You know, that's why I never liked that whole no new friend shit that Khaled and Drake was doing. It's yeah. like, no, you're supposed to grow. You're supposed to evolve. You're supposed to meet new people. Because they inspire me. And I feel like, I always say this, man. The law of energy is that energy is never lost or destroyed. It's just merely transferred transfer from one party to the next. Absolutely. So when you meet a good person, a positive person that's funny, that's smart, y'all want some of that energy. Yeah. Give, me that, give me that energy, Jesse May. Adorable. adorable. <laughs> give me that energy, Jesse May. That's why when I hug people, I squeeze the you fuck squeeze. out of them. You, you come close to popping rib cages. I want, I want that energy. Give you me give that energy. Best, you give the hugs. like you, you almost feel like that cat that's sucking the life out of you at night. You're that's not what I'm sure. doing. You're like, does he love me or does he not? My father used to say when you hug somebody, hug their soul. You do. Hug a woman's soul. I want that energy. Give it to me. You do. You hug it from like the inside out. And what's the point of like... Like, like, what's the point of being closed-minded and prejudiced and then you, you miss out on good people like that? You really do. You do miss out on good people and you miss out on yourself, most of all. You miss out mm. on your potential as a human being and in, in, in gaining experiences from somebody else. I agree. Everybody has a wisdom to share with another person. And that's Everybody. the only thing that I feel will transform social conscious. That's the only thing. Like, the only way we're going to grow as a society as a whole is to share our wisdom with one another. My dude, Killer Mike, man, salute to him. He's a rapper. He's really an he's really a, a, a actor at heart a leader you know that. Yo, he's amazing but he always says like that's what he encourages people to do go out and meet new people don't just stick to what you know like yeah. just don't talk to black people you know that are in hip-hop because you're black and in hip-hop go talk to the, 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 the white lawyer go talk to the you know jewish guy that's you know got a little stand yep. on the, in on new the york corner. city yep. you know what i mean like go talk that you can learn something from each and every individual but you'll never know that if you're approaching people with prejudices. Like never, you'll never know that. And that's like I was just going to say that you can't go up to a new person with an idea of who they are. Exactly. That's your biggest mistake. Exactly. As a human being, approach them with a blank. Approach them like they're a blank canvas. A hundred percent. And then. If they turn out to be one way or another, then that's it. But it's an it's an individual you're dealing with. It's not a whole people. Absolutely. It's one person. Absolutely. And it might just be a day. That's the other thing people don't realize. You know, and that's, that's, that's how I approach people. My mother's always taught me, you know, my mother was a teacher for a long time. She worked in the union and she was that type of person that would always want to extend herself to somebody. And she mm -hmm. always taught me to not judge somebody, not only because judgment is a waste of your energy and, and it's poison, but because you don't know what their day has been like. Absolutely. And she always said that, like, you just don't know where they came from. How do you, I, I whenever I see a woman who might have a disgruntled look on her face and she has an attitude, in my mind, I don't think she's a bitch in my mind i'm like she could have a daughter that's been in the hospital for her whole life and absolutely. she's working to pay bills absolutely. to cover her daughter's medical bills she might be having a herpes breakout she could have a herpes breakout you never fucking you never know. know she could have a bad weekend in bad vegas bad weekend she might have just got off the phone with her fucking husband husband told her i'm leaving you <laughs> you want to fuck this you young never bitch know. like you never know that's why i like to dictate the energy 
that's in the room are just in the world. And the, the way I dictate the energy is by giving out what I want to get back. Yep. Be nice to motherfuckers. You see somebody in the street, hey, how are you? Hello, what's up? Hey, nice to meet you. Hold doors for people. Like, just yes. give out the energy that you want to receive back. Like, for me, that's what I always tell all my homeboys. Like, I got, like, like Lil Duval. That's my dog. Lil, Lil Duval. Duval will walk in the room, and sometimes Duval will be standoffish. But that's only because he don't know nobody. Yeah. So, if he don't know anybody, he's not going to be the person that goes out of their way, goes out of his way to extend himself yeah. to people. He's a little more shy. I'm different. I'm going to walk in and say, what's up to everybody? Hey, how are you? Hello, blah, 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 this and that. But when you meet, when you get to know Duval, Duval will be the guy he's that's- goofy. He's goofy. He's going to be the guy that ride for you. He yeah. probably be the guy to buy everybody drinks, all that shit like that. But it's just different ways of uh, dictating the energy you know, you want, you want to get back. Yeah. You know, you can't come in the room and be standoffish and then say- Man, everybody in here acting funny. Nobody likes me. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody in here acting funny. Nobody yeah. likes me. No, you're acting funny. You're, you're acting like you don't like nobody. You're gonna get it right back. You're gonna get it right back. And that, and like, I, I truly believe that positive energy is contagious. Negative energy is contagious too, but positive energy is just—it's it, more contagious in a way that people will want to do that. Yeah, they'll well, want to share that. Well, character is infectious. It is. Whether it's negative or positive, you know what I'm saying. That's why I say infectious character. Infectious character is like, like I said, if you're a nice person. You walk in the room, you nice to everybody, you go get niceness back. You walk in the room, you ever have somebody walk in the room and you know they're in a fucked up mood? Oh, yes. And then they say some wild shit and now you feel fucked yep. up? They've transferred their negative energy into you. Yeah. Energy don't just float around. Like, energy's not just floating around the no, room. No, it's, it's trans- in us. Yes, it's in us. That's we're, it. we're the dictators of energy. Absolutely. How do you, like, I feel like you've been through so much that you have this positive outlook and you've been in jail. Okay, how many times were you in jail or arrested? Um, we went through two. I went to two, yeah, assault and battery with intent to kill. And then the... Um, sexual uh, conduct. I've had the possession of cocaine charge. That's three. What else have <laughs> I been in jail for? This is hilarious. I, I don't mean to laugh at your charges, but not, I just love that you're like... It's been like three, three, or, three or four that I can remember. And do you think, looking back, four? that... that Change obviously. It changed. I mean, I've been to jail for light shit like driving under suspended license. Yeah, well, that's you know, I mean, who hasn't? My like, dad's been doing that for six years. Or like my homeboy, he. This is the stupidest story ever. This, <laughs> like, this is when I realized you can't even, like, you got to know when to leave the hood, and you got to <laughs> know when to bring people from the hood with you. Like, I got a homeboy from Rawway, New Jersey. I don't fuck with him no more just because he's such a negative Nancy. Like, he just negative ref- Nancy. Yeah, he refuses to get his life together. That's my mom's but name. He had a. Uh, we was we we had got stopped in Harlem twice by the police. Police stopped us in Harlem twice on a Friday night. Searched the car, they didn't find nothing. We leave. So Saturday night he comes to pick me up because I'm about to have a little get together at this crib I was staying at. And um, I'm like, yo, take me to the liquor store. So he's taking me to the liquor store. We get pulled over again. And I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, yo, your car is a police magnet. So the police <laughs> come to the car, and I'm telling the police officers like, yo, this motherfucker. Trust me, he knows the routine, officer. Yada yada yada. I'm I'm just cracking jokes. I'm like, yo, it's it's, it's other stuff y'all could be doing, officer. Like a murderer just went by. There goes a rapist. So he's like, he's like, get out the car. We get out the car. He's like, put your hands behind your back. I'm like, ah oh, shit. I done went too far. They're like, yo, we found cocaine. I'm like, found cocaine. Who the fuck is on cocaine? This motherfucker literally handed the police officer his license, registration, and insurance card in this little plastic pack. And he had five grams of cocaine what in with idiot. his license, his registration, insurance card. And he gave it to the police. <laughs> what? So it's he's like, like, here's everything you need. Yes. And he's telling me the whole time, yo, they planted that on me. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, they had to because I know you. I know, you, I don't, you don't know sniff cocaine as far as I know. Then when we get to the police station, he's like, yeah, it was mine. It's too late now, motherfucker. <laughs> And I'm the one with all the charges, because this was like 2008. I'm like, I'm the one with all the charges. 
you're so I get the highest <laughs> bail, but eventually oh, all the, all those shit. charges got dropped because he did you know fess up to his shit. But was that the last time? That's that's the last time I've been locked up. How yes, long it is. Ago was that? No, that isn't the last time. <laughs> last time I got locked up was when with the driving under suspension. And then because you have pro- well, you have like a record. Nah, that's late. But you, they don't. They, it's like whatever, right? Yeah, you pay. Yeah, you, you pay, pay a, all your. You pay your dues. Yeah, you pay the ticket. You go home. That's nothing crazy. And so, suspension. everything you, you you made a one eighty. You really did. I did, but that's because you know I, I made a conscious decision, and I said to myself, in order to change my life, I got to change my lifestyle. Because, you know, my father has always been on my ass and he used to always tell me, you're either going to end up in dead, you're either going to end up dead, you're going to end up in jail, you're going to end up broke sitting under the tree. So when I started to see a lot of my older cousins who I looked up to, you know, some of them were getting strung out on drugs, some of them were going to jail, you know, people I knew around me were getting killed. I started to see this happening for real. Yeah, you it know? wasn't just a, an idea. It wasn't just an idea. I'm like, yo, hold up, Pops is right. And, you know, you got to be one of those people that realize, you know, smart people learn from their own mistakes, wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Like, there's nothing I can do to change this. If I continue down this path, this is what's going to happen. So, like I said, in order to change my life, I had to change my lifestyle. So I went to the right instead of continuously going left. So I just started working mad odd jobs, man. I worked at Taco Bell. Taco Bell? Is it it gross? What happens in Taco Bell? Should we eat Taco Bell? I love Taco Bell. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a Taco Tuesday type of guy. But when you're hungover, Taco Bell is the best. The best. I got fired from Taco Bell, too. <laughs> my my sister was the manager there. She fired you? She fired me. Oh, shit. Because, I mean, I, I, in my mind, I'm like, yo, she's the manager. I can show up late, you know, when I want to. Plus, I had a homeboy who just made me feel real bad one day because I still was holding on to the hood. So yeah. even though I wasn't selling dope, I would still come by, keeping it real. So I'd pull up. And I remember one day I pulled up in that damn purple shirt with them damn khakis on. <laughs> And my dude looked at me and he goes, look at this motherfucker. He used to have a real nigga job. Now you working at Taco Bell. I'm like, man, fuck this Taco Bell shit. So that's when, that's when I actually went back to selling selling drugs again. Look at that. It's like it pulls you back in. Yep. It's almost like you're being tested. And it's like how much more, what's, where, where does the weight where is it? Where is the weight being held more on the on the one side where you can go right, or on the other side where you can go yep. left? That's always been my problem. I'm like a hoarder. Like I, it's hard for me to let things go. That's. I think a lot of people. You know, it's hard. Change is hard. Change is hard. When you know what you know, going into that unknown void, yes. that abyss where you can't see into, that's scary. That takes more balls to go that way than to continue upon your path. Even even now, you know, I'm I'm 34. I'll be 35 this summer. And it's like even now. When I think about certain things that I want to change, it's still scary. Even though I'm going to be okay. Yeah, like, you know I, you're going to be okay. I know I'm going to be all right. Like, God has shown me time and time again, when I tell you jump, jump. Yeah. But it's still scary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you just got to have, you got to have faith. Because I think about changing things all the time. What do you, what scares you? Like, now that you're becoming, you know, a distinguished gentleman, 35, like you're, you're a man. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is it that scares you now? Oh, man, I suffer from, uh, it's funny because, like, I'm, I'm married now. Yes, I just—I was telling Which my wife this this really weekend. Really depresses me. I thought you and I <laughs> thought we had a plan, but I guess that life plan—you went right, and I'm staying on the left track. <laughs> hey, you never know what could happen. I might get divorced. That's not in my plans, but you never know what could happen. But I suffer from severe paranoia. Like I, I'm. Have you always? Do you think it comes um, from something? I, you know what I. Uh, I used to suffer from regular fear. Like, I mean, fear, first of all, fear is a good thing. It is a good thing. Because fear is three things that happen when you're afraid. You're either in danger, so your body tells you to fight or flight, two things. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That, those are just survival tactics. So 
but then you have like these irrational fears you have like you have these irrational fears of oh i'm going to get fired or oh you know my my girl's gonna leave me those are just the irrational yeah. fears tsunamis coming tsunamis coming yeah. into the world like things you soup yourself up with so i, I mean I, I have those but i suffer from like you know like i got kids now yeah. well i got a daughter and I got a, another daughter on the way. So I oh, you do? Congratulations. Yeah. That, that's, that's exciting. My wife's six months. So it's wow. like I, I, I'm afraid of just being a good father. I'm afraid of raising a good daughter. Like it's things you have to come to terms with. Like, hey, your daughter's going to suck dick one day. You know what I'm saying? You just hope that you can help her to suck the right dicks. You know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> about stuff like that. Cause, oh, my like, God. I'm, listen, you and I are eternally connected because I, I have a joke that I've been working on about a girl touching your daughter, everyone's daughters, I talk in the room and I say, whoever has a daughter, she's going to touch a dick. Absolutely. And, and I hope that it's a beautiful experience. That's so funny. Listen, every woman in your life. Even if you're a lesbian, you're going to touch a dick. Absolutely. You got to know you don't like it. Listen, I tell all my homeboys, there's not a woman in your life. That's why you got to watch how you treat women. Yes. There's not a woman in your life who has not sucked a dick. Yep. Your grandmother, your, your, your poor mother, gra granny, grand, your sister, apple pie. yes, your nieces, <laughs> your oh, aunts, yeah, your, nieces. your daughters, some of your sons have sucked the dick. Yep. They're going to ride that dick. Yep. So it's just like, yo, for me, I think about stuff like that. You, you know have to as a father. Like you have to. And I can't imagine being a father in this generation. I, 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 like my heart goes out to you I, it, because it's so difficult. It's not like when we were kids, I grew up without a cell phone. I grew mm -hmm. up without a computer. Yeah. I, I grew up playing in the streets. We played outside. Yes. We created worlds in our brain. Yes. I mean, I, I do that now. Like I tell like my daughter was, you know, she loves Mortal Kombat X. And, but she, I feel like my daughter, even though she's sick, she's mature enough to handle it because I've taught her the difference between fantasy and reality and stuff like that. Like for some reason, I just, she has a wisdom about her that's just different. Not for some reason because she's your daughter. I, 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 I do believe that. Like, her, like I'm, my birthday is June 29th, hers is June 27th. So I, that's oh, my, that's that's so my baby girl. You guys like, are connected. Connected, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I let her play Mortal Kombat X, but not like maybe once a week. And like I saw her on her tablet yesterday. I'm like, yo, give me that. I'm like, go, when, you, when the last time you read a book? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because I buy her like Toltec wisdom cards from Don Miguel Ruiz. Like I buy her the four agreements cards and the fifth agreements and the voice of knowledge. And I make her read those. So it's just like a, it's, the paranoia I suffer from is just being a good father, raising a good daughter and just being a man, a black man in America because I'm paranoid of police officers. I know I shouldn't be paranoid of all of them. It's just what happens. But I am. Yeah. I'm paranoid of other black men. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because other black men they out to get me too. I I feel like you know what I mean, and it's it's a it's a it's a very paranoid feeling, having to feel like you just gotta watch your back. Like I tell my homeboys, yo, you wake up, survive, go to sleep. That's how I really yep. feel. Like I feel like I'm waking up, surviving, going to sleep. So yeah, I suffer from I, I suffer from paranoia, just wanting to be here. Like yeah. that's all it boils down to. I just want to be here. I don't want to die. I think that shows humility and vulnerability, though. To to feel scared. Yeah. It shows that you know that something exists bigger than you. Absolutely. And that is out of your control. And it keeps you on point, too. Because there's just certain shit I'm not doing anymore. Yeah. I'm not hanging out in the hood. I have no reason to hang out in the hood. Do I you miss it? No. That's good. I will say this. I miss the camaraderie of, you know, my boys. But, like, yo, the people that I was really, like, my dude, Jarrell, God bless the dead. Jarrell's dead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He got yeah. shot and killed. So I don't feel like I owe anybody anything. Now, I love my dudes and... If they got things that they want to do to help better themselves and I can help, absolutely I'm going to be there. 
but come do it over here with me. On this side. Take On the this right. side. Let me, just, let me show you something else. Like, if I'm, if I'm home in Monk's Corner and I call you and you tell me, yeah, we in the hole or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not coming back there. Because you got your daughters. Not, I don't. And I, your life. I got my life. And they got kids, too. Yeah. But it's like, we've been doing this for 15 plus years. Like, the reason y'all are still there is because you've never changed your mindset. The hood is just a mindset. You know what I'm saying? Being yeah. stuck. Like, motherfuckers, all you got to do is shift your gears. Like, when you get stuck in the mud, shift your gears. Yep. You're stagnated because you're choosing to be stagnated. You're choosing to stay in this comfort zone that is the hood. And I can see why people want to do that because there's no expectation in the hood. That's a you, – you, you, you speak like a pastor. Do you know that? I've, I've heard that. I feel like you, that. You speak very you, – you're very connected to your emotions and you're very connected to your experiences. And it's, it's, uh, it's very nice – to hear that not many people are able to turn around things that have happened to them into something that other people can literally learn from it's just my story you know and that's why that's why i always say man smart people learn from their own mistakes wise people learn from the mistakes of others so i'm speaking off experience like i i almost wish that i could show people what my life was like prior like i'm from monk's corner south carolina i'm raised on a dirt road the population is like 8,700 fucking people. Wow. People don't do what I, had more I do. people in my freshman class in high school. <laughs> and half of them graduated. You're from Syracuse, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying people don't do what I do. They don't, they don't make it out of where I'm from. No, they, they just don't. don't. Like, motherfuckers is just there right now doing nothing. Do you believe in fate? Do you believe that you were meant to make it out of there? Nah. I believe, um, I believe destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. I made a conscious decision to put myself in this position. I said, in order to change my life, I got to change my lifestyle. Like, I would tell myself that. Like, I would tell myself, I would envision where I wanted to be. When I started being an intern in 1998 at the radio station, and then, like, maybe, like, six, seven months later, I actually became a part-time radio personality. I would be in there doing overnights at midnight to five in the morning and saying to myself, Yo, I want to be one of the biggest radio personalities on the planet. I would be listening to Wendy Williams interviews online. I'd be listening to Big Tigger. I'd be listening to Star and Buck. I'd be listening to Tom Jones and Doug Banks. In the work. Yes, and I'd be saying to myself, I want to be them. You are. Hey man, I've done pretty well are. for myself. I mean, everyone loves you. I mean, you I, and it's it's apparent because of of your voice. You have a very strong voice and it, it comes from a a place of pain and a place of real experience and that I, I think is what's missing in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. for, across the board well because I, enter, you could still be entertaining and be educational and come from a heartfelt place you could just be you yep and it's so funny because when i used to sit back and i used to listen to other radio personalities and i used to watch you know vjs on tv i used to be like why the fuck aren't they asking the most obvious question like this motherfucker's sitting there with a horn sticking out his head and nobody's asked him <laughs> about this horn sticking out his head yet <laughs> And I never could understand that until you get in the radio business and you hear people say things to you like, you've got too much in a, of an opinion. You're not supposed to be opinionated. Says who? You know what I mean? Like, who yeah. created those rules? So it was refreshing when I heard Howard Stern. 
It was refreshing when I heard Wendy Williams. It was refreshing when I started studying on the greats like P.D. Green. It was refreshing when I would hear Star from the Star and Baguacho. It was refreshing when I'd hear Russ Limbaugh. Yeah. It was refreshing when I heard Bill O'Reilly. Like, these motherfuckers, They're Glenn Beck, to say stuff. they don't give a shit. And guess what? You may not agree, but you don't have to agree. It's just the fact that they're not afraid to express their POV. They're not afraid to express their POV, and what that does is that opens up conversation. Yes. It opens up debate, and what debate does is change the social mind. Absolutely. It moves us into a progressive era because it's it's like oh this isn't right what bill o'reilly wasn't what he said wasn't right why mm -hmm. wasn't it right certain things should evoke emotions in you that want to create change in in debate and conversation and having your point of view that's the thing that does that i think i agree my, my mind state is changing on whether people's point of view is right or wrong it's it can go both ways it can go both ways because like just because i don't agree doesn't mean that that person is wrong no nope. you know what i'm saying did you hear that quote from um Tina Fey, she said, just because I, I, I could be botching it up a bit, but basically the gist of her quote was just because you decide something isn't good, just because you decide you don't like something doesn't mean that it's empirically not good. I agree wholeheartedly. The board. I mean, but, but we've been seeing that with any type of art for years. Like, it's yeah. plenty of things that I think is dope that other people think is whack. It's plenty of things that I think is whack that other people think is dope. Neither one of us are right. Nope. That's why it's billions. That's why everybody has an audience. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank God I know. everybody doesn't think one, one way. way. Because if they did, a lot of us wouldn't have any business no. at all. Like, I'm sure people that don't like you as a comedian. Oh, yeah. I'm sure people that don't like me as a radio personality. But guess what? It's they those suck. of us that do. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I, I like both of it. <laughs> I do too. I just it's challenging. Wish, I wish I could find a way to not, and I'm I'm working on this too. Like you can't take things personally. You it's know hard not to because as artists we have equal egos as we do insecurities. Yes. And so it's a, trying to find a balance between knowing what you're good at and being able to take the criticism because even in some of those criticisms there's truth, and you yeah. can learn from your criticisms. You learn more from your criticisms than you do your praises. So I'm like you. I, I am open to the criticisms. I want to know why you don't like me. And, and I might digest that or I might just spit it out. I don't, you, you can't. You, you got to be immune to the poison. Yeah. That's all. My father used to always say, you're never as good as they say you are and you're never as bad as they say you that's, are. It's a, one of my favorite quotes. I and, love that. And that's how, that's how I live my life. Like I don't eat the poison because for whatever reason, we could be going through our Twitter timeline. And see mad motherfuckers like, oh, I love you, Jesse. I think you're the shit, blah, blah, blah. But it'd be that one motherfucker. The, uh, and you, it keeps you up at night? Yes, fuck you, Jesse. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck you mean, fuck me? But, what do you mean, Tony Smith, you asshole? <laughs> <laughs> but in actuality, it's like, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? And like, you can't take it personal. Like, you, you can't let the opinions of other people affect you because the way somebody sees you is not you. That's just their perception and the image that they have of you in their mind. That don't got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Because it's not you. What's your reality? I don't know what my reality is. I'm constantly changing and evolving every day. So why do I give a fuck about the opinion of somebody who doesn't know me at all, has never had a conversation with me, period? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck, man? Like, you really can't give it. I'm actually, that, that was going to be the name of my book. Who gives a fuck? Well, it was going to be called <laughs> uh, I Don't Give a Fuck and Neither Should You. That's good. A self-help guide on how not to give a fuck. <laughs> it still might be. I think you should title I got it. That. I got it. I got it trademarked, but like the, the publishing company is like, we like it, but we want, we, we, we know you're broader than that. Right. So we don't want There could be a to, subtext. There could be something you could play with. Exactly. There. Exactly. So they was like, we don't want people to think that you just don't give a fuck. We want people to know that you're really here to help inspire and empower some yeah. people. You got something to actually say. I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. 
I, th- I want to ask you one last thing before we wrap this up. I'm with it. You have six-year-old and a six-month in the belly. Six-month in the belly. If you could give a piece of advice, I know it's hard to narrow it down, but for young daughters in this generation, even girls that are listening now, mm-hmm. what do you think is something that girls should carry with them through this life? I would probably, from a father's perspective. From a father's perspective, I would tell them, um, live your truth. Live your truth so nobody can use your truth against you. And and just just respect yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm not even going to front, man. I don't know if it's because I got daughters or what, but I, I'm really starting to see how hard it is for women. Because for a lot of, a lot of years, and I mean, I even still do it now, women have just been objectified. Like, yep. like, like men... Look at women the way we look at sneakers, the way we look at cars, sandwiches. sandwiches like no, for real, it's I'm like not, I'm, not, I'm serious. Yo, sandwiches. Yo, yo, look at that bitch right there. Yo, yo, that bitch with the fat ass. Yo, yeah. that light skin bitch over there. Like yo, that white bitch over there. Like it's like we're it's like their flavors. Like yep. like nobody looks at women as human yo, she beings. Got a college education. Yo, she looks smart. Yeah, <laughs> and but you but you can tell because we treat the girls who do have the college education that are that are smart that even have things going for themselves we talk about them the same way we talk about the chick on love and hip-hop yeah. like motherfuckers will be like yeah that bitch oprah you know what i'm saying oh yeah that bitch jocelyn from love and hip-hop like it's like the same thing and it's like <laughs> yo hold up we need to know the difference yep. you know what i'm saying like you need to know the difference between a bitch and a a, a hoe and a, and a real queen yeah. you know so it, it is kind of frustrating to see that because it's like yo we really objectify women and we do kind of treat women like shit and that's got to terrify you as a father terrifies me because it's like yo as a man only people only only person i know gonna look out for my daughters wholeheartedly is me yep so it's like when i see certain girls i'm like yo chill out man let her be like you know what i mean like guy i mean it's i mean it's been and i think about this you know when i was in high school how we used to try to get girls drunk so you can run trains on oh yeah that. everything hey, that's rape culture you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like uh, my homeboys used to do this one thing. One of my homeboys would be hitting it from the back. Mother dude will walk in and start hitting it from the back. Girl, I don't even know what's going on. She turn around like, yo, chill out. You telling the girl, chill out. Like, nigga, that's rape. Yeah. Like, stuff like that terrifies me. And what makes, what gives us the right to do that to women, you know? So that's why I love when I hear, like, you know, even women like yourself. or just, just I like seeing women that are doing things and kind of, like, taking their power back and, 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 and demanding respect. You know what I mean? It's almost like I would rather my daughter be a quote-unquote bitch because, you know, that's what they say yes. about women when they're in control and they're bosses. When a woman's in control, she's a bitch. She's a bitch. When she's a boss, when she knows what she wants, yep. oh, she's a bitch. But yep. if a guy does it, he's a boss. He's just, yeah, he's just a man. He's just a man. So I would almost rather my girl, my, my daughter be one of those girls that people look at and be like, oh, she's a bitch. You know, oh, she thinks she's all that. You damn right she does, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? You damn right she thinks she's all that. She, matter of fact, she knows she's all that, and she demands her respect. So, I think that's yeah. valuable. That's all I would tell them. I would tell them just really, like, really respect yourself. That, that's what it comes down to. That for that's, sure. That's really what it comes down to. I really love talking to you, Charlemagne. I love talking to you, Jesse May Peluso. Wisdom and in, in, in pure love, man. I, hey, I, I, I scribe. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress, though. I'm growing every day. I got my bullshit with me. Yeah, you know? but you know, you you have things in check, and that's I, you know, you're just you're one of my favorite people. I'm aware. Yes. I'm aware. Like I'm aware when I'm doing some bullshit, and I'm aware when I'm doing some some shit that may help. 
I think you need to become a, a pastor of life and I, just do seminars for men everywhere. <laughs> well, I have a plan. My plan is to open up a place of worship. Like, we're in this lounge. What, what's this? This the is The Gotham a, Comedy Club. The Gotham Comedy Club. We're in this lounge. Yep, we're in their lounge, the vintage lounge. I would love to have a place of worship like this. Not worship, just a place where people can spare, share spiritual ideas. But I want the bar. We have to have a bar. You got to have a bar. Little, we got to have some sauce. drinks and Just chicken some wings. Like my dude, Kid Fury, he likes to say, whenever I describe this place to him, he's like, you want an Applebee's. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I want a place where we can come, eat, oh, drink, fellowship, and want, share ideas. You want a TJI Friday. Yeah, I'm not like, I don't, I don't want religion. <laughs> like, I'm not really a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Yes, we all believe in God. Oh. Let's meet here on Sundays, eat our chicken wings, drink. Worship, give each other, pass some positive energy yep. towards each other, and go on about our day. I'll meet you there. Let's do it. Okay. Jesse May Peluso, love you too, boo. Told you we were going to get into some deep stuff there. You know, that's just, that's that's realness. That's a, that, he's lived a life, Charlemagne the God. Damn. I just, those are the kind of interviews I love to do when when you really get into some stuff that, you know, we, we covered so much shit. Him going to jail and, you know, uh, selling crack and, you know, God, hanging out with the wrong crowd and just going through all of that and, you know, experiences with women that, you know, he mentioned that he, he and his boys, he's not very proud of and being able to just get out of that and become the person he's become is really a lesson that a lot of you assholes should should take to heart. Anyone who's living a life like that. Like he said, you sell drugs, you will get caught. You live in the hood, there's a good chance you're going to get shot or killed or something horrible is going to happen to you. So, you know, and I know it's easier said than done. I'm obviously speaking from, not from experience because I didn't grow up in that life, but just having, hear him talk about that and having him be an example of how to turn your life around is hopefully inspirational for anybody who's listening to this, who maybe is in that situation. And if you are in that situation, and you're listening to my podcast. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you getting to a place where you can listen to my podcast. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I just, that, that shit's real. And I love talking about the real stuff. And he makes a good point. You know, when we're talking about what he's worried about with his daughter's, being raised in this culture, in this, in this society, which is something that I talk about because, you know, when I was in those developmental years, cell phones weren't a thing. Texting wasn't a thing. And there wasn't as much accessibility to everything that there is now. So there was a little bit easier of a, a way to protect your kids. And we played in the streets. And this is a technological generation where kids are playing on their phones and they're, being fed all this shit all day long that as a parent you can't necessarily sift through because you have to work and do your thing and and make a provide a life for your child so you can't be on top of them every damn moment of the day so it's hard you know and, and I think he makes a good point about having a daughter and if you have a, le- a lesson or something to tell her just to be strong and and respect yourself self-worth is just one of the most important things I think that can really carry a girl through her life. You know, just having some self-worth can really change the game for a girl. So 
I I am a big advocate of that, and I speak about that in my comedy, and I just really enjoyed talking to him and i hope you guys enjoyed that too you know we can get into funny shit and goofy shit you know i like to get into all sorts of stuff obviously i kicked off this this podcast the first podcast that i did i talk about butthole bleaching and so we can get into the goofy shit but i like to keep it real i really do and um since we're on the subject everything that happened in charleston south carolina i just want to send out love and prayers to anybody affected by the shootings that happened at the church Um, I want to send out love and prayers to the families that were affected and anybody who really was affected. I mean, damn, I'm affected by it and I wasn't even there. So I just, you know, I hope that people are able to find peace through this crazy, crazy situation. And you know what the thing that's, that's really frustrating is, you know, they're always going to go try and go towards mental health. This was a racist act this was a racist act and it was done by a white terrorist and i said that and everyone's like why you gotta say he's white because he fucking was he was a white terrorist who was racist self-proclaimed you can't you shouldn't talk make race an issue it is an issue and it's a, a growing issue and it's becoming a huge problem and we need to look at it and deal with it as such so i'm not gonna go too crazy on this subject but i really just want to send out good vibes and energy to that part of the world right now because that is just a horrible thing to endure and um if you are anybody who's affected by that just know that you're in my thoughts and prayers and i hope that this podcast can shed a little light on your day a little light i mean there is light in the end of the tunnel stamos got a dwi that's kind of funny i mean i guess it's not that's not even funny it is funny because i feel like he's vulnerable now so i can get in there <laughs> what is he doing like what the fuck what i mean i don't even know how to feel about that he was by himself too like this is this is why i said i should be his girlfriend because he could have called me up i could have helped him but whatever man what are you gonna do i can't even deal with this i'm still affected by it goddamn stamos stamos what the hell's your problem man what are you doing gotta get your shit together you gotta get your shit together Okay, come on. Come on. Let's let's pull it together here, bud. I'm here for you. Do you need a back rub? Just call me. Please. Let me know. <laughs> Damn. Shit. I I've never had a DWI. So that's why he should be dating me because I would have been his I'm smart driver. I would have been his DD. You need to get a DD. Got to get designated driver. Come on now. I wondered, like, being. can you imagine being the cop that pulls over John Stamos? <laughs> How do you resist the urge to, like, get selfies? Especially because he, that's what he was talking about. All the girls that bang him want to get selfies afterwards. And I'd be like, yeah, what about the cops that arrest you? We want to get selfies, too. That's wild. Oh, man. I don't even want to make fun of my boo. I don't. I really don't. But damn. And he, you know... That's just some really, like, what was going on that day? That's some stuff. Like, if he if he would have crashed into somebody, that would have been bad. That would have been horrible. I'm so glad he didn't. Then I would have had to, like, find another crush. I wouldn't have been able to crush on him after that. I probably would crush on him more because then he would fit the bill of the type of men I usually go after. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
I am so delusional. It's not even fucking funny. Carlin's passed out. I don't even know where Fozzie is. Fozzie's probably like shitting someplace in the corner. I've got three days to get my life together here in LA. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I really don't know. Like maybe I'll get a massage. Maybe I'll try for a wax. Now fuck that. Waxing is too invasive. I don't know why bitches go that crazy. Like that's just too much. There's too many appointments. Being a chick, there's too many appointments that we make. The last appointment I want to make is for some other woman to rip my sacred hairs from my womanly area. Last thing I want is for some Russian lady to rip off my muffin hairs. Chill out. Let me let me hang on to some dignity as a as a human being that's alive. Um I was really excited because I started my movie night with you guys. We talked about watching Zombievers, and I hope you fuckers watched Zombievers. We were going to talk about it on my Facebook page, but I decided if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Zombievers, then you need to fucking watch it. I'm going to talk about it anyways because that movie was so crazy. Um, it's on Netflix. I suggest you watch it. There's an the opening and ending scene Bill Burr is in, which just totally for me, I was like, yo, that's dope. Bill Burr <laughs> makes a cameo in this movie. And the movie opens up about Bird talking about dating guys, which is hilarious. Um, he's basically talking about being gay for a week. Only for a week. <laughs> It was so good, and the the special effects were wild. They they used like real. They look like animatronics. Like they didn't use CGI. They used like puppets, and they were like it was like an old school horror movie. Um, the Creature Effects Inc. is the uh, effects company that made that did all the special effects for the movie. Um, it was so damn good, and like the intro, it's you can just tell it with, with this movie, the way that. Uh, intro credits are done they're not taking themselves seriously a lot of a couple of you were like oh, i didn't really get it i didn't like it it was dumb it wasn't taking itself seriously some of these horror movies are meant to be kind of funny so and yo and they showed dick pics i've never watched a movie they showed the girl sw- sliding on her phone looking at dick pics i was like amen to you zombievers i've never seen a movie that has shown my sister and her her habits <laughs> her library of dick pics no that i thought that was dope um and of course my favorite part was that the first person to die was a kid oh yeah kill the kid let the zombie let the zombievers eat the little bastard poor timmy bye see you later sayonara bitch so good man it was just so fun and you know there were tits out and they were near a lake the lake was disgusting it had like all this uh green shit around where the zombievers were because that's why they turned into zombievers i don't want to give all the shit away because it's it there's a a twist in it a little bit what starts to happen to these people and the zombievers you just you really have to watch it um i thought it was so much fun the one part that pissed me off is when they threw the dog into the lake i don't stand for animal abuse at all (laughs) They tossed the dog into the lake. It was a buddy. I think his name was Buddy. They they threw Buddy in the lake as a deterrent so they could get away from the zombievers. I one time, this reminds me. I went to camp 
my dad and I, my mom, we all used to go to this camp. My sister, my whole family used to go every year. And after my parents split up, my dad and I still continued to go. The detail that that's irrelevant, but then you guys, you know, you should know that my, I come from a divorced family. Maybe that'll make everything else make sense to you. I digress. So I'm in the lake swimming and there's a beaver dam on the end of the lake. There's always a beaver dam there. There used to be. And I'm just swimming by the dock and my dad's fishing and I feel this thing brush by my leg like I actually feel it go by my leg and I felt hair and it was wet and kind of dense I fucking flipped out my dad thought I was like being attacked because of how crazy I was going and I was like crying like I don't know what I was what the hell was that and I come out of the, the water I'm up on the dock it was a fucking beaver it was a beaver so zombievers is about my life story <laughs> they are so gross they are so disgusting please watch this movie I um started to follow Lexi Atkins, who was the beautiful blonde actress in the movie. Uh, I started to follow her on Twitter and I didn't realize that she was following me on Twitter already. And I'm going to have her on the podcast. She was probably, I mean, I guess she was the lead. Yeah. She was the lead of the movie. She was the cute blonde chick. Um, and so I'm excited to have her on. I don't know when, maybe I'll see if I can get her in next week. I'll see, you know, what her schedule allows for, but um, it, it, I'm kind of excited about that. I think that'll be pretty dope. Um, you guys just got to watch this movie. I mean, don't take it so seriously. It's so entertaining. And the chick with the great boobs who plays the badass with the dark brunette hair, her name is Courtney Palm Perez. So look her up. And there's a couple other funny people in there. I'm sorry I'm not mentioning your names, but the movie's dope. And you guys need to rent it when you're sitting in a hotel room with nothing else to do. Because that's what I did. A lot of fun. I'm all about these movies. Um, you can catch Charlemagne. He's on iHeartRadio. He's in syndication now. Um, Hot 97 in New York City. He's also got his Brilliant Idiots podcast. He's See the God on Twitter. And just look him up. Follow him. He's a dope dude. Uh, check into his life and his career. Uh, I have a couple questions, just a couple questions this week. We're just going to do a couple that you guys asked. Uh, Aaron Durbin asks, um, Marin just had the president on WTF. Who would be your dream guest outside of Stamos, of course? Damn it. That's right. Marin had the president on. I would love to talk to the first lady. Honestly, she'd be pretty dope. But I really, I would have Gene Wilder on. Because he's getting really old, and I know he's got a lot of great stories. Uh, Mel Brooks would be amazing. I, I, there's a too big of a list to have. Honey Boo Boo, just to hear her, just to hear her Honey Boo Booisms. I mean, I think Mel Brooks and Honey Boo Boo are in the same category. <laughs> oh my God, Ian Velasquez. I know how many black guys you slept with. LOL. Holla. Okay, Ian, have you been reading my diary? Patrick Palastro, he asked me, do you miss the snow in upstate New York? Are you guys on, like, I feel like you guys are on crack when you ask me these questions. No, I don't miss the snow in upstate New York. I live in LA now. There's no snow anywhere. I fly over the snow 
when I go to my gigs, I look at it and I wave at it and I'm like, you were in my life for 18 years. Bye. I look at snow like a woman looks at her ex-husband. Like you did enough damage to me throughout the years. I'm not turning back to you anymore. Bye. Take care of yourself. See you later. No more clitsicles here. Okay. Yes, I said clitsicles. I don't know if it's in the urban dictionary, but that's my word. Twatsicles, whatever you want, whatever your little heart desires for a word that describes icicles on your vagina parts. I like clitsicles. <laughs> oh my God. I am so delirious. I apologize. I really apologize. Um, yes. I'm so come see me. Funny bone, Richmond, Virginia, this coming weekend. The date is, uh, the, 26th 27th to 28th funny bone richmond virginia my mom might be there how much fun is that and then uh, july 9th 10th and 11th i'll be at the funny bone in dayton ohio july 24th 25th and 26th i'll be at the funny bone in virginia beach so there's a lot of dates coming up come find me uh right now i am going to have to say goodbye to you guys episode 12 has been amazing. I need to smoke some weed and eat a like cake or something. I want some cake, cake, cake. I want to put something in my body. Not like that. Everybody calm down. All right. It's Monday. I need a break. Uh, I'm going to play this little ditty for you guys. I found a good little ending to cap this beautiful podcast about all the craziness we talked about. Talked about jail. We talked about Stamos getting a DWI. We talked about how to raise your daughters. I talked a little bit about butthole bleach, not as much as some of you perverts would like to hear. But, you know, I like to end it on a cute little outro for you people. Okay, I'm going to go smoke a joint. You guys have been great. I've been better. Bye. Damn, and I also forgot to tell you guys, I have t-shirts available. I'm all over the fucking place today because I'm just a disaster. I'm exhausted. I apologize. I have t-shirts that are available now for sale. They're my merch shirts. Uh, you can find them, the information on my Instagram page, Jesse May Peluso. You can send whatever shirt you want. I put the photos of them up there and I'll repost them as well on all my social media. You just send your information, your PayPal information to Jesse May Peluso comedy at Gmail. And myself and my assistant will be mailing all of that out to you guys. I have three different female tank tops and I've got a t-shirt for dudes and small medium and large sizes all that fun shit so you can wear me you can use me and abuse me put me on you ladies and gents and i should let you know on the way out of this podcast i like i said i like to play little clips that have to do with everything that i talk about and i found a perfect way to button this whole episode of the sharp tongue podcast it is dave chappelle on racism in America, which is real. Don't deny it, people. Racism is real, and we need to stop this shit. Thank you for listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. You guys are the loves of my life. Stamos, get your shit together. I do anything that has to do with race. I read a little here, see a little there, and I travel. That's always good. Uh, traveling has made me a, a racism connoisseur, if you will. <laughs> You know, it's different from region to region. Anyone ever been down south? So you guys know what I'm talking about. Now, the racism down there is just fucking... It's perfect. It's due to a perfection. 
It's comfortable, it's out in the open. There are no secrets in Mississippi. Everybody knows the deal. Morning, nigger. Morning, sir. Not up here. You hit the big cities, man. It's different. It's always a secret. And we should do like them. We should keep our shit out in the open, then a little. I mean, with limits. You don't want to say whatever comes to your mind. That might be a little much. White dude be walking down the street, minding his business, and the brother walk up to him, hello. You white oppressor, you slave master rapist of Africa. <gasps> Why, hello, my thick lip spear chucking friend. <laughs> Touche, hunky. So, Whitey, what did you do today, huh? Oppress a new land and make the people there Christians against their will? <laughs> what did you do, fellow? Burn those big black lips on a crack pipe as you miss your job interview? <laughs> Easy, Whitey, you're cutting deep. While the rich kids are driving.